lights, camera, action, podcast time. <laughs> uh, I am still feeling incredibly jazzed from the amazing day yesterday, the day of the World Encephalitis Day Conference of 2021. <laughs> it was a very long one. Uh, I did not get a chance to record a podcast episode yesterday, but I gave myself a break because I pulled in almost all-nighter. <laughs> um, the conference started at like 11 p.m. local time to, for me because it is a global conference where speakers from Australia started off and kicked off the conference and then it rolled right through the morning, the wee hours of the morning and ended at like, I think like 11, 11 a.m. local time, roughly speaking, with a couple breaks in between. I did catch a bit of shut-eye for like an hour or two, but overall, um, it was just a really superb, phenomenal conference. Uh, not to mention that I was acknowledged for um, an award, which is so humbling and such an honor. But anyway, there were several inspiring stories from community members across the globe, patients and caregivers who have been impacted by encephalitis. And it was also a chance to get a pulse on how the leading experts in this field are conceptualizing this illness and to see where the future research is heading. I enjoyed all the talks for various reasons, but I think on the expert side of things, the one that stood out most to me was, was the talk given by Dr. Tom Pollock, who um, I believe is a psychiatrist out of London. He's the lead author on an important position paper that was published just at the beginning of 2020, together with some other big names, about the emerging diagnostic category of autoimmune psychosis. And what I found brilliant about his talk was the way he opened his presentation and illustrated how brief clinical reports and research papers they don't fully capture the lived realities patients and their families go through. Like for example, um, if an abnormal EEG is noted, well, the fact of a patient having had two prior normal EEGs may be forgotten, which is in line with my own experiences with EEGs. Like, I think I underwent a single 30-minute EEG test that was normal, and it can take convincing of dismissive doctors that perhaps another EEG may be warranted. And in my case, subsequent EEGs did yield some abnormal results. Or like some patients end up being transferred to different units or even different hospitals altogether if they have better expertise there. That patient and caregiver journey can be, frankly, quite traumatizing. Like if you just put yourself in the shoes of the people mid-journey who don't have the luxury of knowing how things ultimately turn out, they can be left with very few answers in the moment uncertain if their loved one is going to make it or if they're going to be left with permanent disability. And those experiences can have some pretty severe psychological ramifications. So I just love the lens that he applied in his talk, and it left me hopeful that perhaps more physicians in the future will be better equipped to address the unique needs of encephalitis patients, which can sometimes fall outside the parameters that physicians in the present day are concerned with. Um, and then later on as well, there was Dr. Gregory Day, who's one of the founding members of the Anti-NMDA Receptor Foundation based out of Canada. Woo, go Canada! And uh, is now practicing out of the Mayo Clinic in Florida. Uh, one point he made is how there can tend to be this generalized perception that outcomes are good after encephalitis treatment, but that may be oversimplifying the patient experience. For example, Patients may get their mobility back and be able to attend to their activities of daily living independently. But what about factors such as their cognition and whether or not they're 
able to return to work or school. So it was nice to see that consideration of what patients may actually care about and like there's this more holistic view of life after diagnosis rather than just what I've personally experienced in the past which is, ah, she's got a normal heartbeat, she's walking and talking again. Our work as neurologists is complete. <laughs> so those are just a small handful of the conference highlights for me. <laughs> I proceeded to crash into bed for a few hours in the afternoon, and then I had a fun night out on the town, by which I mean, in these corona times, I walked around outside for several hours with bubble tea in hand, <laughs> as the sunset was someone very dear to me, who agreed to take several photos of me at a Canadian landmark I arranged to be lit up in red. Going back to the whole lights, camera, action thing that I started this podcast with, that's lifted from the campaign that the Encephalitis Society, based out of the UK, is running to celebrate World Encephalitis Day, which is February 22nd each year. For the lights part of that, they encouraged people to um, arrange for global landmarks worldwide to be lit up red, and now, I tried for February 22nd, but that day was taken at my local landmark, so I settled for February 20th, the day of the World Encephalitis Day conference at least. And yeah, as I walked across the bridge, lit up in red, and took photos, and walked around outside in the glorious Canadian winter, I just felt this celebratory spirit of recognition of how far the field of encephalitis is really coming along, and where I'm at personally in my own healing journey, um, three weeks out from hospitalization after a relapse amidst a backdrop of having been sick for most of the past six years since 2014. It was also an occasion of basking in feeling fired up to continue with my advocacy work and my mission to continue helping other people impacted by encephalitis in whatever way I can. We've got two more podcasts left in this World Encephalitis Day series, culminating on Monday, February 22nd. Other things happening that day, uh, wear something red and post it on social media. Say something about encephalitis, tag the Encephalitis Society or me uh, at Where Are My Pillows. Other people around the globe are also going to be wearing red, so also include the hashtag RedForWed and spread the word. Up to 78% of people worldwide still do not know what encephalitis is. And that needs to change because despite being a rare illness, according to the Encephalitis Society, 500,000 people are affected by encephalitis globally each year. Not just autoimmune encephalitis, which is what I have, but like viral encephalitis and infectious causes as well. And it's hugely disruptive to the lives of people who get this. And better recognition, diagnosis, and treatment is absolutely needed. So. Please join me in celebrating World Encephalitis Day, subscribe to this podcast to keep learning more, and spread that word about encephalitis. It could literally save someone's life. Encephalitis can be fatal. Or it could prevent someone like me from going five grand years without a diagnosis.